You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? We are back with episode 63. Episode 63. So... I know uh, this episode we're going to cover the second part of my Vegas trip. What have you got going on, Tyler? I, uh, I forgot. Have you played much poker this week? Well, I am going to play right after we record this, but I did play yesterday. And I guess I'll just give you the brief rundown on that. I only played for about an hour and a half, hour, 50 minutes about. Um, I ended up leaving up $170, but it did not come. It was a session full of swings. <laughs> <laughs> Your sessions almost always are, man. <laughs> um, the first hand I played that was somewhat interesting, um, I tried bluffing some guy with ace high, but <laughs> he luckily had his headphones in because I, I missed. I had ace queen. The flop came king high. Mm-hmm. And... Did you see bet here? I did see bet, but okay. I see bet pretty big. I see bet like sixty dollars because it was like an eighty dollar pot, and okay. I got called by a guy with maybe a um, hundred dollars behind. So he called the sixty, but didn't jam. Okay. So I basically just kind of gave up. I mean, he's never folding for the other forty dollars, right? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. So he called with pocket eights, and I bricked the. Uh, I mean, turn in the river, but it was funny because like once he made the call, in my head he was already all in, like right. he's never folding. So I actually said on the turn, "I have ace high." I was like, "Well, if there's any hope of bluffing, he's gone now." <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, he didn't even hear me, and I mean, I lost. But it was I thought that was kind of funny, just because mentally I already knew like he's never folding. And in my head, he was already all in once he made called the $60. But it was still kind of funny. Everyone thought it was a little weird. Yeah, that is. I can see where there would be a lot of confusion at that table. <laughs> I mean, we've all made blunders like that. But I can definitely see some confusion of you announcing your hand midway through the, <laughs> the hand. Um, but here was, I guess, I told you about this pocket tens call. I was in the button straddle. And there was a few limpers. Maybe there really weren't even that many limpers. It was maybe like three or four limpers. So I'm on the button. I make it 20 to go. Pocket 10s? Pocket 10s. Okay. Um, everyone folds, but um, the guy to my right, he called. Heads up. Okay. So the flop comes queen high, but it's like queen six. Oh, I'm sorry. Queen five, like two or something. But it was a flush draw. So this is not that bad of a flop for you. Well, this is pretty good. I bet 60, hoping to take it down. Well, like this? Uh, how much was in the pot? I forget. Um, So I guess with the limpers, like close to 50. Oh, so you overbet pot here? They had bet right around pot. It might have not been six. It might have been just under, but it was basically pot. Okay, uh, I would have bet less, but I like the I like the bet. You can bet for value here. You can bet for protection. He's not going to have a queen that often. I like. The, I mean, I like the bet here. Um, the turn was the king of clubs. So now the board was diamond, diamond, club, club with king, queen, and two low unconnected cards. Okay, are you in position? I am in position. I'm on the button. Uh, he checks. I check. I like this. I think this is a very... I mean, it's um, not super likely he has a king. He could have a queen here, and I like you doing this for pot control. All right, and then the the river is complete brick, like um, deuce of hearts or something. It was something that did not make any sense for the straights to come in. Or any sense, and there was miss both flush draws. Okay. And then the guy leads out for seventy. I I definitely remember you telling me this hand because we we debated this one for a while. Uh. 
Go ahead. Well, before I discuss discuss this, let's go ahead. What did you do here? Um, so he said seventy and went to count out the chips. I threw a chip in and beat him in the pot. Told him call any uh, king or queen is good, and he had nine high. So this is obviously a really good call here. When you're telling me about this hand, I won't lie. For me, I thought it was a fold at the beginning. The more you told me, because you kind of started describing the guy like, like kind of a young Asian guy, like a poker go shirt, and I was like, I started to get behind the call once you kind of described the guy. Because to me, if this is a sixty-year-old man and you make this call, you <laughs> might as well just take seventy dollars and set it on fire at the table. Uh, so it, I think this is very player dependent, right? Very player dependent, and also dependent on knowing that the player. You know, whenever it's heads up like that versus the small block or versus the button straddle, I, mean, I think he's going to be calling a lot when folded too. His range is going to be pretty wide, I would say. Yeah, it's. I I agree. His range is going to be wide. Uh, I mean, I had a problem because to me, this is how he would play a queen. He'd check to the preflop razor call. He'd check the turn, and I mean, and this is how he would probably play a king. And you're just being the missed flush draw here. But once you told me, like, the type of player, uh, I don't know if I make the call here, but I can start to get behind your reasoning for the call. I will say that. Um, yeah, I mean, so it worked out pretty great. But like we always said, there's that fine line between it working out great and you just looking so dumb. Oh, I mean, well, and here's the other thing. is How much did he bet? 70, you said? Yes. So you bet you said you bet pot which was about 50 or 60 yeah so i think that's something i missed when you were telling me too so he's only betting like one fourth pot here too yeah or like a no, i guess it'd be a third it, pot. yeah i would say a little bit more but yeah so i mean you only need to win this like 25 percent of the time so i think i missed that on your uh when you first told me to so i the more you talk about this hand the more i really get behind that i think this is a really great call not just being results oriented that you won this time but just in general well like i told because the guy got up and walked around for a little bit after that one but <laughs> like the guy to my left said that he thought that maybe i might have put him on minor tilt i just snap call him but um i told him i said well, it's a pretty it's gonna be a pretty heavy bluff bluff spot right there. So, I think you have to be calling for those odds and that run out. So, so if it's like if he bets one fifty, do you think about it a little bit longer? Definitely think about it a little bit longer, but um, the spot doesn't change. Yeah, so, yeah. I still call. I mean, okay, yeah. I was just kind of curious because I mean, at those odds, now that I'm thinking about it, you pretty much almost forced into it. But yeah, it's. That was definitely a good call. And the more you, at first I was hesitant about it, but you kind of, the more you talked about it, the more you kind of really talked me into all the reasonings of that being a good call. But um, so that was interesting, I thought. And then I played two PLO hands, and this was kind of a topic I wanted to talk to you about. Say, so we'll make it brief because I'm not going to break down the whole hand completely. But um, moral of the story is I turned the nuts, stone cold nuts, right? In right. Three way pot on a draw heavy board. And I didn't pot it just because I thought it would make my hand look so face up. And these pot limit Omaha games, you're just always potting it whenever it's a draw heavy board. I think in Texas, just because in Texas people are so bad, they're going to call regardless. And you want to give them the the worst possible odds on it. I, I don't know. I haven't, like, I've been studying PLO, but I haven't, like, I'm still fairly in the newer stages of someone who studies it uh in this spot because i think you said there was a flush draw right i mean flush draw i had the nut straight but uh, yeah so if there's a flush draw then i, I definitely think you have to pot it i mean because here's the th problem is you have two any people with two pair would have equity against you anybody who has a set has really good equity against you and anybody who has a flush draw has really good equity so i think one you need to bet to you know, make them charge them and also to reduce their implied odds too because there's just less in that stack if they do hit. Yeah, well, I'll spoil it for you. <laughs> their equity, they capitalized on it. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> uh, yeah, the board paired on the river, and uh, he had a boat. But um, and then so that those I had two PLO hands that played exactly like that. So that was kind of the other one. I had the nuts. The front door flush came in. He shipped it for a ton of money, and I was like, "Wow, bye." But um, I mean, that's a good fold. <laughs> both hands I had uh, pocket aces, single suited. One was Ooh. ace, ace, king, queen. The other was ace, ace, king, ten. But, oh, God. Monster hands. <laughs> yeah, but it's a good way to lose a lot of money. <laughs> you are not You are not kidding yourself. Um, and here's, I guess, maybe the, the last interesting hand of this session, which I know you hate. I still think it's somewhat justified, but... <laughs> um, oh, I know exactly which one you're going with. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so... I'm on the button straddle. I get 10, three of spades. There's a few limpers. I, it comes to me and I'm like, well, instead of just limping and seeing this, you know, with everybody involved, I'm going to raise this, this hand. So I raised with, uh, I raised like 25. I think I got like two or three callers. The flop comes 10, 10, like seven with a flush draw. I mean, amazing flop for this. I'll, I'll give my <laughs> thoughts for pre flop after. I mean, after this, after you uh, go through the hand. But I mean, I will say, <laughs> I mean, if you're going to flop trips, I'm okay with it if it's guaranteed. Uh, okay, so you flop trips. What do you do? Um, it checks me. I just keep betting. I mean, there's. Well, Plenty yeah. of stuff that can call. I size up too. I bet like maybe uh, two thirds pot. Um, I think I bet like sixty or sixty-five. I mean, yeah, so maybe maybe fifty-five, somewhere in there. I bet big. Okay. Got one caller. The turn was an offsuit ace. I bet um, about the exact same amount because he was kind of short stacked. He then ships it all in. I call. He has ace king. Hold. Um. So yeah, I thought that worked out great. <laughs> <laughs> it were it did work out great. That's where our opinions are going to quit mimicking <laughs> each other's. Uh, I hate this play. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I, like, and don't get me wrong. I understand you. This, I guess it's kind of a squeeze because everybody limps. But ten three. I don't care if it's suited off suit. It is just way too wide for, for to do this play. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't care for this because I think you're not going to get this through very often. I mean, when you get a preflop raiser who bets 20 and you get call call and you have like ace queen, ace jack. And I mean, you can take that dead money down a lot once you really hammer it home. But I just think you're getting called so much. And when they call, they're actually ahead. Their calling range is actually ahead of 10-3. So, I don't know. Do not love this pre-flop play. I'm glad it worked out. All right. So, I'll explain what the thought process at least. Oh, God. (laughs) Say it might be flawed, but here's at least what I was thinking when I did it. Um, One, I had already gotten a bunch of squeeze plays like that through over the limpers. I've already got folded through about two or three times. I've only played for an hour and 50 minutes total. So to get that many um, folds is pretty good, I would say. Pretty passive table. Okay. So, on a passive table, you should be punishing the limpers, right? With... I mean, with wait, good wait, hands, no, 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 not no, random no. hands. I no, mean. the question is, in a passive a, a passive table and people are limp happy, if they're limp folding, you should be punishing, correct? With good hands, yes. No, no, no. But you, so you need to be... Yes, you should be punishing them. <laughs> so the counter to that strategy is not to let them see a lot of flops, right? So in position, you can do this, right? I mean, I, 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 sure. You keep asking <laughs> right, like I'm gonna, like that's gonna, like I'm magically gonna agree. I mean, unless a lucky charms <laughs> elf jumps out of the wall and says, "Yeah," I, I mean, no, I get your, I get your point. I like, and I understand, like, and like we, we said earlier, like if it's eight ten suited or something like that, I can get behind. I just, like, there's a because here's the thing, I just feel like you're not gonna get this through very often. 
Right. But luckily I got the flop, the turn in the river to get it through, you know, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, so yeah. So I don't know. I mean, when you do that, you're going to obviously see bet big and then blast turn and so on. Right. But I mean, it worked, you know, five times before that. Yeah. But I, I feel like it's even more likely you get called the more you do it. And like I say, I'm not saying you don't do it. Like, I wouldn't love it with 5-7 suited. I would still think this is too wide, but I could start to get behind it. This is just 10-3. This is like you're like, well, I I don't want to just limp here. I mean, this is just a fold. You shouldn't be limping here. This is, well, I'm this in is the, a garbage hand. I'm in the straddle. I'm definitely not folding. Oh, you're in the straddle here? Yeah, button straddle. Uh, See, I knew you'd be on my side. but uh, <laughs> So you're on the button and you straddle. Yeah. I don't know. I just checked this. and I mean, granted, like I say, I'm glad it worked out well. <laughs> but when you have to flop trips for it to work out well... I don't know. This is, I just feel like this is way too wide. I, I feel like in the long run, this plays burning money. Oh, I can't argue that. Um, <laughs> 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 that play. But what I, I still think, you know, squeezing the limpers, your strategy from the button straddle, you know, because well, you still need to take some down when you're button straddling, right? Or else it's just... Well, I mean, this is hard because, I mean... I, we're justifying a negative EV play with another negative EV play, right? Because a button straddle, <laughs> unless everybody's straddling, when which it's a this not a negative EV because it's just break even. Yeah, right? it's break even. But if you are straddle, I mean, it's definitely a negative EV play. So I really think it's negative EV when you're now using it to justify even more negative EV plays, right? I mean, I can't argue. <laughs> I mean, everything you said was true. Um, so yeah, so I won. (laughs) (laughs) Tyler's like, the the results say I'm richer. (laughs) Yeah. So that was my session. Those are the key hands though. Um, yeah, I mean, that was, that was basically it. I only played, I played a very short session. Um, that was basically it. Lost in PLO. Got lucky with my 10-3 hand. (laughs) No. I guess we're back to my Vegas trip, right? Yeah, we have. I think this might be a three, three part Vegas trip, right? Because I mean, you just played so much poker. It's definitely gonna be a three part. I mean, there's no way I can get. Three. Well, I didn't know if it was three or four. Uh, it'll probably be three. I'll probably end it like I've got this as a pretty good middle, and then next week should probably be the end of the, uh, the Vegas trip. Okay, sounds uh, good. So I guess last week you told us you were gonna play some PLO, and you're gonna have a winning session. So. Yeah. Well, we're going to start. I end up going back to Caesar's Palace uh, to play there. Uh, the friend I was with wanted to play there. So, I mean, I didn't. I, I like Caesar's Palace. I said it wasn't one of the best poker rooms in Vegas, but I still like it. I still really enjoy it. It's, what do you think about them capping the buy-in? Does that take a minute for you to get adjusted to? Oh, well, I mean, it's everywhere in Vegas, and it it's very different than Match the Stack. Uh, basically in Texas, your suited connectors and stuff like that go up in value when you're deeper stacked and things like queen jack, king jack offsuit go down in value. Well, in Vegas, when you're stacked, when you're, at least when you're first buying in, I mean, queen jack, king jack are a lot more valuable and your suited can, and I mean like five, seven suited is just a fold. It's unplayable. Yeah. Yeah. That's stacked up. It's a, you just can't, I mean, you're just not, you're just not getting the implied odds ever to uh, play it. I mean, you could, you could play it as a button or cutoff raise, but other than that, it's never going to be a call. Uh, so I go to Caesar's Palace and as you, let me go ahead and recap the, uh, Vegas trip up until now. I lost 437 the first night I was there. I was down 500 in the housewarming event. I then went to MGM Grand and lost 262. Uh, and, I mean, for the most part, I try to separate bad play from bad runs. Uh, the Now, the tournament is, you know, you're going to lose most of the time. I mean, you count the tournament, but I guess for you, does it all come out of the same bankroll? 
Uh, it's debatable right oh, now. Okay. Well, because for me, I just considered the tournament just chalked up to um, just a fun, like, do it more for fun than anything. That's fair. Uh, so, I mean, in, at this point, I've just been kind of running pretty bad. There's not been any really that bad of plays. It's just more or less been coolers. So, I go into Caesars, and I'm like, okay, well, let's go ahead and get something good started. Uh, three hands in, I end up with Queen Jack with Queen of Spades. The flop is King Jack 3. Uh, there's a bet. Turn open with flush draw. Uh, and there's a bet and a call. Okay, so you have Queen Jack of Spades... Bet and a call. Okay, so it's probably to like 15 there, right? Yeah. It's a... So, yeah, that's, that's probably about right. The turn gives me the flush draw. I have now have middle pair with a flush draw. The river, and that goes... Uh, I think that goes... A bet and... I think I might have gone check-check. Uh, the river is giving me the second nut flush. It's a spade. So it came, it has now come, uh, backdoor flush draw to, uh, give me a, uh, the second nuts. He checks. I have, at this point, there must have been a bet on the turn, because I do remember I had, like, a little over a pot size bet here. Once he checks, I go ahead and jam it, thinking maybe I can get, you know, a jack of spades to call. Like, jack, ten, nine, spades, maybe to call. He calls, he snap calls, and he's got the nuts with the ace of spades. <laughs> That's rough. So this is very rough. And I've gone kind of go, gone over, I realize my uh, reading of this hand wasn't the best. <laughs> yeah, I was, it's it a was confusing. Yeah, it was a... Uh, but I will say, coming into it, I thought, at the moment, I thought it was a guaranteed uh, bet for value on that river with four spades out there and me having the second nuts and him checking to me. Later, I'm like, well, I don't know what... Am I getting that much value from anything? And I'm not certain that that shouldn't just be a check. Um, It's so hard not to be results-oriented here, right? But... um. Do you, do you ever think maybe instead of it being a jam or a f- check, maybe betting like half pot? To, I mean, I mean, obviously this is the most results oriented, but I would just you haven't even addressed it yet, so I was just maybe thinking is there and maybe any sort of middle ground for a bet in between, or do you think it's just an obvious all in or fold? I guess you could do. I guess you might be more likely to get called by like a third nut flush or second or fourth nut flush to get there. I mean, obviously if he jams, I'm just kind of stuck there because now I'm getting like one to nine <laughs> with second nuts. I mean, and granted I might be losing this 10 out of 10, <laughs> but I mean, I don't know what you're going to, I mean, that was really going to put me in a horrid spot, but uh, that's kind of result. Uh, but yeah, maybe if I bet 50, I can get more calls from lesser flushes. Uh, that was kind of my thought. You might get like, you know, the pocket 10s with the random 10 in there to call, something like that. Yeah, so I mean, when I go back door to the second nuts, I mean, and he checked, and it was a good check by him. I mean, I thought like Ace of Spades would be betting there more often because there's a lot of things, uh, pretty much everything outside of the Queen of Spades, I should be ch- probably be checking there. Definitely. Uh, so I just happened to have the one hand that it didn't make sense for him to check to. Uh, but it was pretty, it was pretty tough because that was third hand in. I go, I get stacked. Uh, and I mean, weirdly enough, I thought I kind of rivered him when actually I was ahead. He had, he had like ace 10 for a straight draw and a flush draw. And I did, uh, I actually had it up until that spade. So that was pretty tough. Now. And you, you rebuy, right? I know. I, yeah, I rebought for the. I feel like for you particularly, especially in Vegas, maybe you should have just taken a walk, like packed up and just walked to a different room. Or, I mean, this this hand's gonna 
<laughs> prove you right. Okay. So, okay. I don't know the next hand. I just know that you said you never normally play that well after getting stacked. So maybe when you're in Vegas, it might have been better to maybe walk around, change rooms, just since there's so many poker rooms. But if you go well, ahead. Getting stacked doesn't bother me, but when I'm starting to run like multiple times of getting stacked, especially on something like this where it's like three hands in and I've already been running bad, that will start to wear on me. Uh, this is one of the more interesting hands I've played in a while, probably. I have King Jack. The flop is Jack 3 6. Uh, I bet I raised 15 with King Jack. Uh, flop is Jack 3 6. I bet he check raises. Is it heads up? Uh, it is heads up. Okay, and like we always say, these flop check raises are always a fold unless you have something super nutted, so. Yeah, I've got King Jack, which is pretty strong top pair, and I have a backdoor flush draw. I'm like, and I think his check raise is like a min raise. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting ridiculous odds. I always struggle with folding to a min raise. I almost feel like, I, I don't know if I have done it in the last two years. Yeah, because I mean, I think I bet 20 and he bet 40. He raised to 40. So I'm like, well, I just this is just too weak to fold here. But I'm super suspicious. Because, I mean, here's the other thing. is I, The check raise when it's a min raise is never a bluff. Well, was he a really was he a new player? No, it did not seem like he was a new player. It seemed like he was kind of a nitty player, though. <laughs> this is getting worse and worse. Yeah, that, well, that was kind of my thought here. I turn a king. Oh, God. Giving okay. me two pair. He bets 50. I'm like, well, now I have top two. And I'm like, well, if he has a set, this is going to really be bad for me. I mean, is this just kind of a setup situation? I mean, are you raising? I mean, I'm thinking about raising here, I think, right? I never thought about raising. It's a. Uh... Because I think when I raise, I'm just getting called by most everything that has me beat. But he bets 50. I'm just too strong now to, uh, to fold. You ever think he might have, like, slow played aces or, like, ace jack? Uh, Ace Jack runs through my mind. Uh, I call. The river's a blank, and he bets a hundred. I mean, it's just an easy snap call, right? I mean, there's nothing. Should be. So I'm oh, going. No. I'm going through. I'm going through <laughs> the hands of how he would play this, and so a check raise on the flop continues betting the turn, and then bets the river. I'm like, well, he would play this way with a set. He would play this, and that's pretty much it. I mean, Ace Jack would Ace Jack barrel twice after an overcard comes. I mean, it seems like a very thin value here. Uh, so I just I kind of tank forever and a day, and I'm like I can beat Ace Jack, but I don't know that that ever plays this way, and I'm losing to all the sets. Uh. I guess a flop two pair. I mean, but what two pair of flop? Jack six or jack three? I mean, <laughs> yeah. so I can, I'm starting to come up. Like, the more I think, the more I'm coming up with nothing that I beat. I make a fold, and I make a, I mean, this fold, I'm getting great odds to call here. Right. I'm getting, like, probably one to four. But I'm like, I'm just keep, I'm hemorrhaging money this entire trip. And I, I cannot think of a single hand I'm ever beating here. I fold, and he turns over ace-jack. <laughs> now it's probably time to hit the road. <laughs> this is one of the... This was a tough one. Because, I mean, this was a pretty big pot that I should have won. And getting... What is your analogy? I obviously should be calling this with the odds I'm getting. But... Do you agree with my analysis that it's very unlikely I'm ever winning here? I was worried about the min click whenever you said he was nitty. I was thinking, I don't know. I I don't know if I'm, how much did you have behind? Uh, I mean, I wasn't stacked here. Right, did you maybe have like so 200 I behind? I think I had... I probably had less than 200 behind. I probably had like 130, 140 behind. 
I mean, I'm thinking when I make that turn, I'm just shipping it all in there. That's what I was thinking. But, um, and if you just run into a set, it's just, I mean. I mean, that's how it really should play. I mean, if you're going to, I mean, it's one of those things where it should be a setup situation where if you're going to hit that king, then if it's a set, then, I mean, it was just a bad turn for you, right? <laughs> well, then you hope you river a jack. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, I understand your thought process, but I guess like Bird always says, or Bart, sorry, Bart always says about making hero folds in one three is just, I mean, it's weird because uh, Bert, Bart, wow, I'm struggling with that. Uh, Bart <laughs> and Jonathan Little both say like, that they just seem almost like calling stations, but always call on just. Almost seems like that was like a time. I mean, obviously results oriented, like a time to call. But yeah. where I think you kind of just have to shrug call, given the odds, given the one three table. Uh, I mean, I think I think this can be taken too far, and I think I have taken this too far. But in that situation, I believe that was the right move to uh, to to call there. It's just. I mean, it's just too strong to fold for I, those odds. I feel like you just got in your own head in that one. Oh, I mean, it's 100% from running bad and just, you know, getting... Yeah, 100% go in my own head. Here's the real question. If you don't get flush over flush in the first three hands, I feel like you snap call that. Probably so, yeah. It's a... Uh, I mean, you got to think at this point when I've been running this bad, I'm just running into hand after hand where I should have been folding. And I think it does get in your head after a while. So that was one of the, I would say one of the worst hands I've played in a long time, actually. Here's my question, though. It might seem irrelevant, but did you have another buy-in in your pocket, or was that all the money you brought with you? I don't remember. I think I was probably going to cap it to two buy-ins, though. See, because in situations like that, normally I'll lean toward the um, passive side. If I don't have any more money to rebuy, and if obviously you just got stacked the first three hands, you haven't been there that long, right? And I hate whenever something like that um, influences your action, even though you know the correct action is to call, but you're influenced because you know if you get stacked there, then what are you gonna do? Um, but I thought maybe that might. I mean, it shouldn't well, have a effect, but I know in the past it's had an effect for me to make the wrong calls and folds. Um, did any of that, or was just not that not even relevant? Well, I think it it is relevant, but in a different way for me. I don't think even if I had the buy in that I would have played again. And I mean, because here's the thing: is I bought I brought so much money to Vegas, and don't get me wrong, I have a bankroll that will cover it, and I can get money out if I need it and stuff like that. But I brought more than enough that would, you know should last me through a trip, oh, like a trip of this stakes poker. You know, I should never have to ATM with what I brought from 1-3. Well, now I'm pretty, I'm getting shorter and shorter on, and this is like day, this is like Monday or two. No, this is Monday on the trip or Tuesday at the very latest. So, I mean, I know I'm going to be here for six more days. I'm already running this bad. That definitely was in my head. So it's kind of a different version of the same thing you're talking about. Yeah, because I know that sometimes that's played a factor for me. So I was just wondering. And so, it's a. If that's the worst hand I've played in a long time, this is going to be the second worst. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> we like to keep them close to each other so they're easy to keep track of. Yeah, this is, this is not great. Is this that's, all at Caesars? This is all at Caesars. I mean, the game's got to be good. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> to make sure Clint's to your uh, to the on uh, the table. <laughs> uh, I have a I have King Five of Hearts. Say, humor me, tell me you're in the big blind. I don't know. I, I'm probably in the big blind. I don't. I don't know how this goes, but somehow I'm in, in there with King Five of Hearts, and I flop a flush draw. The God dang. This is, I mean, I my notes are just lackluster here, but it's a I flop a flush draw and with a king with a king high over card. I bet he calls. The turn 
is I think it was like a queen high board. It's it pairs the board. So I check and then he checks behind. I miss on the river, but now it's a, on the river it double pairs the board. So I have like I think queens and fours with king high. He bets thirty five. I convince myself that sometimes he has a missed flush draw that's less than mine, and I call with king high for $35, and he has pocket jacks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is... I thought you were going to say you are going to fold on us. Well, that wasn't bad, <laughs> but okay. Yeah, I mean... I mean, at least it's only $35, right? I mean, it's only $35, but I mean, here's the thing. Is when you're... <laughs> When you're doing this with $35, I mean, this could get... This was just a horrible call. Well, one, it's a horrible call. And then if I barrel the turn... Because I, I have a king high... Flush draw. With a uh, king high flush draw. A king to the... Oh, a king is an over card. I thought about barreling this turn. And this is not going to be the last of this. Where I should have barreled and I didn't. And if I barrel that turn, he goes away. He puts me on a queen. Uh, and then, so I messed up on that. I don't know if that's a mess up or, I mean, it's probably a justifiable one. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, I think the spot is close either way, right? I think I don't think it's the worst to check it or bet it. Knowing his hand, obviously, we all like the bet since we know the result. But I think in the spot, I don't. I'm I'm pretty close either way on if I like the check or the bet. I just didn't really know if I like the call on the river. The call on the river is a disaster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. I think uh, like I think I was getting pretty good odds, and I did have some missed flushes beat, uh, so that justified it there. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that was. I mean, this 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 one is a disaster. Uh, I end up coming back a little bit, getting pocket kings. Oh, God. I didn't even... Uh, two of the worst hands I played, I didn't even put in here. Uh, <laughs> I had one... What, did I have pocket kings and not three bet? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't remember. The, uh, so, I have pocket kings. I was about to say, the other hand, you folded aces pre-flop. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I have pocket kings. I raise. I get three bet. And then I'm like, well, I haven't four bet yet. I'm just two. And then uh, when I call this three bet, I'm short enough. We can almost always get stacks in. So I just make the call. I don't hate this move at these stack sizes, really. It comes a jack high flop. Uh, I... I think he leads into me, and I re-raise. You re-raise all in, right? Uh, he bet super small. I did not re-raise all in. I thought I kind of figured like I would rope this in and get it all in on the turn. Uh, I re-raise. I think he. No, he actually jams here, and I just call. I'm like, I have queens beat, I have ace-jack beat, and he flopped a set of jacks. Dang. So, I mean, I definitely can't say that this entire session was just, you know, can't getting kings busted by jacks. I played like shit the entire session. So, it's a, uh, I don't know. I mean, this was one of the worst, I mean, not I lost 600, not, it's not the end of the world, but it was definitely one of the poorer played sessions. Everything up until this was more or less just kind of coolers and run bad. This is where it just starts to go off the rails of me just playing like garbage. Again, did you think about getting up yet or not yet? Well, I mean, I caught up then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, there's this thing, they're real particular about you having money at the table. <laughs> they're real stingy about that over at Caesar's Palace. <laughs> Okay, no spectators at the table. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's a. Uh, I then I 
think I do end up playing that night. I go to Aria. I'm like, well, Caesars I've been running, partly running bad. I mean, really, in all honesty, it was combined with bad play and bad run. Because the flush over flush was, that was a pretty bad card for me. I mean, that, I thought it was a two card. I thought you both uh, turned a flush on that one. But yeah, I mean, not just a second, not just, I mean, talk, I mean, just kind of that is what it is kind of thing, right? Yeah. And especially considering there's a ton of cards where I actually would have probably been checked down and I've been good. Uh, and then the King Five of Hearts was badly played, but I was 50 50 on the flop. And I mean, sometimes you do hit a flush or a king. So it's, so I mean, there was, it was not the best play, but there was some run bad. Uh, I go to Aria and I see one, two PLO. I'm like, well, I have been studying a little bit of PLO. I'm like, one, two is not that bad. I didn't realize it. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Yes, my bankroll can handle this, but I would not have jumped into one, two, bring in a five PLO every hand. I mean, so explain to us what that is because we don't have that in Texas. So just so it's a your small blinds one, your big blind is two, and that's all you required. But the bring in is when you open when you open to the end of the pot. If the minimum is five, so you're never going to see a pot that's less than five dollars each player. Uh, so it's five dollars to play. You're just not re- you're just not required to in the small and big blind. How much did you buy in for for this game? Because if I were you, I probably would have sat down with two hundred. But that does not seem like nearly enough for this type of game. Well, I looked at stack sizes and I bought in for four hundred. And I'm sure you were still short, right? I was short, but it wasn't like, like holy crap! How's that guy even playing in this game? Short. <laughs> I mean, I think the max is five hundred, so I'm not that short. Okay. Okay. Uh. I mean, there's only one hand that really matters in this. Uh, I play for probably about two, two and a half hours. And it goes, I end up with pocket aces, not much else with them. Oh. It goes, ends up being 50, 50, 50, 50, 50. And I'm sitting there with pocket aces. And I've got about 330. I'm like, well, if I call 50 here and I don't hit a set, I'm just burning money. But with Pocket Aces being a favorite against any hand, I was like, if I jam here, it gets heads up. I'm There's a ton of dead money in the spot. Well, probably should just be calling here and going with trying to set mine. I jam it in here and literally not one person folds. I mean, my thought was I liked when you and I talked about this hand. I remember this hand a while ago was I liked the jam in the moment. But once everybody calls, you know, your other two aces are dead and you're only really playing your other two cards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, once everybody calls, I know. I mean, I'm 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 very close just to mucking my hand at this point. So obviously I don't hold up. I mean, there's not, nothing even close. I think I'll flop maybe a gutter that wouldn't have even been to the nuts. Uh, so, yeah, it was a uh, massive overplay, I think, on my part. I mean, especially if I have aces with at least one suited and maybe it's a little connected. Like, I think I had ace, ace, nine, six. No flush to draws. Uh, if it's like ace, ace, nine, seven with at least a suited ace, maybe. I, I don't know. I honestly haven't studied PLO enough to know. Uh, all I know is that sucked. <laughs> yeah, that sounds, <laughs> I mean, that sounds rough. I mean, like, being results-oriented, I didn't mind the jam in the moment. I just, once everyone calls, I mean, you went from me not minding it to me, like you said, we just pack up, start unplugging the phone charger and get out of there. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> what it was. So, I mean, now this is, this day has turned into more and more of a disaster. <laughs> this trip at this point is gone considering it's only like tuesday i mean i'm there till next sunday so i mean it's really starting to go off the rails i thought we were promised a winning session what happened what's going on you haven't won yet yeah we <laughs> do we have a win so i end up at mgm grand i uh so we go uh this is the next day i go and recoup the uh 
I'm going to gloss over because this is not that interesting of a session. I go and get lunch the next day. I go and uh, play at that eSports arena that actually is super cool if you like video games and stuff like that. If you get, if and you that's like, at the Luxor. Yeah. That is at the Luxor. It's a... Uh, so I go and kind of, it's a good place for me to kind of go and chill out and not get my mind off poker for a minute. Because uh, like Clint was playing at America's Card Room in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I go, I end up at MGM, uh, end up playing for like two hours or something and my phone's dead. Not a great table. And I end up, I think I was up like 150 and I whittled down to like 77. And I'm like, you know what? I need to go charge my phone, and I need, even if it's $77, I just need to see a win in my tracker. And I've used this on bad runs before, and it really helps kind of mentally regain something. Because you're just like, well, I got one session in where I made money, I won, and, you know, kind of helps you recoup. I I like this a lot. Uh, Like I say, no real interesting hands, just won a couple ones that, you know... Actually, some a few held up that should. Uh, that night, end up at the Orleans. So there was a big tournament that uh, that my friends wanted to do. So I went up there and I just played cash. I'm like, I'm not doing any tournaments. The variance is already killing me. I don't need to add to more variance. <laughs> uh, this is the just most grindy session ever. I was down I played over seven hours and I was down for probably six hours and thirty minutes of it. <laughs> I mean it was just could not get anything going at any point in time. Flopped one combo draw with a flush draw and a straight draw to someone's set and I think top pair, top kicker. Uh that bricked. It was just just getting murdered. Uh, there were some interesting hands. There's a hand where I raise ace-queen pre-15. There's a king-high flop with two spades. I bet one call. There's a king on the turn. So I'm like, well, I can really rep a king here. I barrel, he calls. The river is a nothing, and I just give up. He checks, and I'm good with ace-high. <laughs> you can talk about just... <laughs> Finally, some like, run good. Yeah, exactly. I guess if that's what it's going to take. I don't, I don't know. I was like, what in God's name just happened here? You think he misread your hand? I think he must have had a flush draw, right? Yeah, Two spades. It just um, it yeah. didn't want to bluff. I mean, talk about he should have bluffed. Even if he bluffed $10 in that <laughs> pot, I'm gone. <laughs> Although, we know I call with King High, so who knows? <laughs> I say, if he bets 35 you call. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> obvious bluff. Uh. Uh, I have 8-8. Eight, eight. I make it 15. There's six ways to the flop. The flop is 9 high with two hearts. The pre-flop raiser bets 30, which is kind of a small bet into this pot. You know, with second second pair, I make the call. It checks down, and he bricks a flush. Uh, I, once he checks and kind of gives up there, I should probably be betting that turn. I put that That's in That's what I was thinking. Yeah, that was that was kind of a mistake, but at least I ended up not costing me too much. Uh, I get pocket queens, and someone flops a set of eights on me. That's brutal. <laughs> Over pairs to sets, man. They're they're just murder. And I remember, I remember just the feeling of that because I think I lost about two hundred on that hand, <laughs> and that was I was finally making a climb. I was like finally up. Finally making a deal, and then you get hit by that set, and you're just like, God damn it. <laughs> could you please, could something please go my way? At that point, I'm starting to lose it at this point. Uh, I three-bet king-queen off to 30. Get one call. I mean, you know I'm off the rails. I'm three-betting king-queen off. Uh, flop king-9-6, down bet to 20. I get re-raised to 45. Uh, this is one of those that this there's a difference when we only say when you get check raised or re raised on the flop, it's just a set. I've noticed on these down bets, people just attack the shit out of them. 
and read them as weakness. Yeah, and no, I I've noticed that as well. Which is weird because I you probably use it more when I'm in a position of strength, really. Uh, but I was done here. I mean, I mean, <laughs> you are not getting me off king queen on the at this point. You got a set, you just got me. I jam and he folds and shows king jack. Oh well. Uh, so this might should be a call instead of a jam. I mean, again, knowing the results, sure, but yeah, it, it's hard. It it's hard to break down the hand. Once I know the results, but that's very true. That's a good point. Uh, I end up with eight nine of clubs. I flop three seven jack with one club and two hearts. He bets small. I call with my gutter and backdoor flush draw. The turn is a six of hearts. He bets small. I call again. River a nine, he checks, I check behind, and somehow I'm good. It's not like a miracle. It's not like miracles are happening for you now. I mean, it was there were a lot of weird hands like that. Well, I think it the he bet ridiculously small in these pots is how I'm still here. Is uh, because I remember his bet his bets were like one six pot, so I end up actually getting up. Let me see. Let's check this. I yeah, it's, I end up getting up a hundred dollars. The table gets close to breaking, and I have now been there over seven hours. I've been down like eighty dollars once. I mean, I've never been so happy to win a hundred dollars in my life because I've been getting killed. And you know, seven hours in, it's a session that I could have easily been busted at some point. And the hundred dollars was great, so I end up cashing out my hundred and just calling it good, and <laughs> finally having a winning day. Say the trip is saved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, so that was kind of that day that I ended on. A, you know, it's a tiny drip in the bucket of what I've you know gotten killed for in Vegas, but it's one of those that you kind of needed to mentally reset a little bit. Yeah, I know that's like I've had those on the downswings. Whenever you have a what. A lot of people consider a big win, but I'm like, just think, I have to do this 20 more times to get my money back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I was on this. So it was a, uh, it was pretty rough. And I mean, I've been getting a lot of bad tables, both annoying and not that great to play at. So it's it's been a really rough trip up to this point. So I was, I just glad to book any win. Like I say, it was not it has not been the trip that I'd hoped dreamed of coming into it. Yeah, so that's a tough time to be there that long, but but that's a that is so yeah, that was my uh, trip into PLO land. Did not go great. <laughs> and finally realized that there is sometimes I will win in Vegas. <laughs> I guess that concludes things unless you got anything else to talk about. I'm gonna go play tonight and hopefully get off these uh, bad swings and hopefully we uh I think you're gonna play tonight too, right? Yeah, I'm hoping you're still on that bad swing to double me up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been burning money. It might as well go to you, man. All right. On that note, this concludes the Texas Poker Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time, and we'll see you next week.